to Hanging in the Nest with your host, Josh DeHawk Alonzo and Max the Turkey Rubenstein. Monday, and you are hanging in the nest with a hawk and the turkey. Huge, huge week in sports. The Masters is over. Baseball is getting hot and heavy. NHL trade deadline. NBA is coming to an end as well. The Mecca of sports is right now, Max. It's good. I mean, it feels great to be alive right now, seeing all these amazing sports go on. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. Everything that you could ever want in sports is happening right now, so... I mean, I would love a little football in here, but we're getting close to the draft, too, so we get a little football teaser. But, yes, a lot of good sports going on. But before we get into the sports, Max, as always, we'll give people the bird fact of the week. What do you got for us? I'm talking about longevity here, okay? We're talking about the longest living bird. So Ooh. we're going to be talking about the sulfur-crested cockatoo. That's wow. what for right there. But the sulfur-crested cockatoo is considered the longest living bird. It is able to live into their 80s. How do you feel about that? That's impressive. I'd be happy with them into my 80s, so I'm good with that. Yeah, I think this bird's going to outlive me. Uh, I don't know. I don't see myself getting mate <laughs> as my first number, so we'll see what happens there. But no, yeah, you, so you will. For you. Listen, Max, a few people have been calling in asking, can we get a bird fact about the Pocono swallow? So if you could do some research on that bird, that'd be great. The Pocono swallow. <laughs> yes, the Pocono swallow. I'll see what I can find. I can't make promises. Yeah, let's see what you find on that. We'll look forward to that next week. Let's. The News Corner. Let's get into the news. I think we have to start with golf. We do. Huge, huge news, right? Hideki Matsuyama, the first Japanese man to win a major. He won the Masters yesterday. Wild finish. So I don't know yeah. if any of you were watching, Max, but um, Xander, I'm going to pronounce his name, Shoffley, had a chance where he had a great 15. He put himself within, I think, two strokes at that point. Yep, two. A triple bogey 16. He went for it. For those that don't know, 16th on the Masters is a par three with water in the front. If you played aggressively trying to go for the hole, you could end up in the water pretty easily. So that's what happened with Xander Shoffley. He went for it, blew it big time, and basically handed Machiamo a pretty easy go at it. And he blew it at the end. He missed. He, he bogeyed the last hole. So devastating ending for, for Xander there, but great for Hideki there. Yeah, I mean, it was it – was... I have to be honest, it wasn't as exciting until Shifley hit that shot on, what, 15? Yeah, and then 15. I was like, okay, you know what, let's see what's going on. And then he just tied. I turned it off at one point. I was flipping back and forth through a few different sporting events yesterday. I was like, oh, this is over. And then, yeah, I noticed all of a sudden Xander was right there because he, he bogeyed a few holes early. He was all over the map yesterday. If he had a consistent round, he might have had a better shot. But great for Matsuyama to pull that out. Yeah, good for him. Let's talk some NFL news, Max. Let's get in the NFL. Anything, big stories catch your eye from last week? Well, what about the one from today, like 20 minutes ago? 
right. with Julian Edelman is either getting bought out, released, let go. I don't really know what the terminology they use. Well, so I saw terminated contract due to a failed physical is what I just saw recently. Yeah, so I think he is – I think this is leading to a retirement. I think the way Julian Edelman has played, I think it just – it caught up to him. He was dealing with injuries, and he's just not the player he was, and – you're seeing pretty much the end of the dynasty of the Patriots. Like this is the last player. I think that was on the Patriots team besides Belichick and Kraft. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Is Julian Edelman a hall of famer, Max? That is the question. What a debate question that is. I mean, can I, I'll just read some quick stats. Three time Super Bowl winner, 2018 Super Bowl MVP, 620 receptions, 6,822 receiving yards, 41 touchdowns. He was a seventh-round pick. He also has 118 postseason receptions, over or close to about 1,500 yards, and the second most in the Super Bowl era behind only Jerry Rice. So I'm going to say I'm leaning towards no. Ooh, okay. And it's not because I'm a Jets fan. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> I, I, it all depends on what you consider to be a Hall of Famer. Did he right. play long enough to get those stats? I know he was a seventh rounder, which is great. You know, you get all these undrafted seventh round players, but you think about Edelman with the best wide receivers. What'd you say? 600 receptions? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah, he's good. It's going to be close. I think it really depends on the year and what happens, but it's going to be close in my mind. I'm leading towards no. Um, but, yeah. So. Besides that, you know, just the kind of fallout from the Jets trade with Sam Darnold, it's going to be very interesting. It's pretty much set in stone now. The Jets are taking uh, Zach Wilson from BYU to hopefully lead the franchise. Besides that, the only big thing I saw was the Browns are looking at adding Jadavion Clowney to their their front, which could be, yeah, a great move if it works out. Yeah, it could be huge there. The other thing I saw, too, is uh, former Titan legend Eddie George is now the coach of the Tennessee State Tigers. Of course. He's looking to get back to football there. All right, Max, let's move on to baseball. What news do you got in the baseball? First of all, it's just great that baseball's back. Yes. The you, Mets know are not, you know what's not great, though? Injuries are already starting for a number of people. Brutal. I mean – didn't have a huge fantasy impact, but Dexter Fowler tore his ACL. He's yep. done for the year. Miguel Cabrera, who, you know, had that amazing home run in opening day. He's on the IL already. You know, there's just a – and there's a lot of other players. You know, we talked about Archie Bradley on Philly. Um, so there's a lot of other guys that are on the list. But just overall, I mean, everybody. Uh, Tim Anderson. You got – Cattell Marte, like there's just a bunch of people who are on the DL already. So it's 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 rough to start. Yeah, rough start to the season. Not for everybody, though. I would say I have a friend of mine who's a Red Sox fan, was thrilled that I talked about how the Red Sox were 0-3 to start the season because now they've won six in a row. So he thinks uh, Good for I did a little Josh Alonso jinx and gave them six wins. So classic Yankee fan and Red mm-hmm. Sox rivalry there. But Red Sox, yeah, six in a row. J.D. Martinez is killing it. Yeah, absolutely killing it. He's got five home runs, 16 RBIs. He is already up there as a league leader in those categories. His last year was rough, and he looks like he's back to normal. Yeah. Good for them. All the other news I have on the negative side, 
the Washington Nationals have lost five straight games, but they're getting a lot of reinforcements from the COVID list as Josh Bell, Schwarber, Josh Harrison. All these guys are going to be activated tonight. I'm not sure they're all going to play, but they should be good to go in this week and going forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely rough for them. A few other things I saw, uh, the Braves acquire infielder Orlando Arcia from Milwaukee. As well as the Yankees got Rudneff Odor from Texas, which I don't know if we covered last week or not, but I wanted to bring that up. There was a photo of him today without his beard and long hair. He looks very different. Very mm-hmm. Well, he had a huge, he had a big, big beard. Big beard. Yeah, now he's, so, he's shaved. Of course, you know, the Yankee way. The Yankee way. He's looking good. He's starting at second base tonight. They moved DJ to third. Glaber staying at short, so... Be interesting to see what he does. He's always been a low batting average guy, but has a lot of pop. So I'm excited. Hopefully, with that short porch and right field, he's hit some home runs for us. Okay. Anything else from MLB? We move it along. Let's move it along. All right, Josh. NBA, hit us with some facts. NBA. So a couple of big scores last week. Jason Tatum scores a career high 53 points in a win against the Timberwolves. Zach Levine drops 50, but in a loss. So that's a tough way to go down after putting up 50 points. The Clippers have won five in a row and only four back of the Jazz for first. The Suns hit in between them, but the Clippers are hot. The Nets lose to the Lakers 126 to 101. No Harden for the Nets, but of course, AD and LeBron are still out for the Lakers. So that's good news for the Lakers. They're able to compete pretty easily with the top team in the East with two key stars out. So that's big. Enos Cantor, 24 points and 30 rebounds in a game last week, which I just don't understand how that happens. 30, re- like, was no one playing at all? 30 rebounds. Wow, that's insane. That's so many. That's yeah, a lot. I can't and get the last, That's not quite an NBA note, but have to call it out. The Space Jam trailer did drop last week. Did you see but it? I did see it. I was a little skeptical, but. Then again, it's a kid's movie, so I have to just go in with an open mind. I mean, I am watching the Mighty Ducks TV show now on Disney+, Plus, so I got to be open-minded here. That's fair. That's fair. Are you watching the Mighty Ducks show as we we get into hockey? I am not. uh, Unfortunately, I have way too many things to watch before that. It's It's on the back of my list. On the back of your list. Gordon Bombay is on the back of your list. He'd be devastated. Well, you know what? Maybe you should win some hockey games, not be so mean to some kids. (laughs) All right, give us some hockey news. All right, so like you said earlier, the trade deadline came and went today, and it was just like WrestleMania, lackluster. Mm. It had some moves, a couple big moves, but besides that, a lot of depth depth pieces for teams that are trying to compete in the playoffs. So the big news was um, Taylor Hall goes from the Sabres to the Bruins, And basically, they didn't really give up too much to get him, which is very surprising. They landed, I think they gave up a prospect and a pick. I think it was a second or third round pick. Really not a lot there. That was the big move. Some other moves I wanted to bring up, the Pens get Jeff Carter, which is a really good, you know, depth piece for them. He's a good center, can play in the third or fourth line. You have the Leafs getting the center of the Columbus, I'm sorry, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Fogliano. And that's a really good move for the Leafs. The Leafs are now stacked. They're also on a roll right now. They have won nine of ten. So they are hot right now. That's a great piece to get. Only other news I really have is Carolina, top of the division. They overtook Tampa Bay Lightning 
with a yeah. 7-2 record in the last 10. So Carolina is absolutely rolling. And then some unfortunate news. Henrik Lundqvist is putting his return on hold for now. His heart, which he had open heart surgery on, is just not quite there where he and doctors and everybody feels comfortable that he gets back on the ice. He tried to get there towards the end of the year. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see what the future holds. So that's what I got for the NHL news. Well, we hope for a speedy recovery, as always, for Henrik Lundqvist there. Absolutely. Behind the line. Let's talk pickups now, Max. Stick with the NHL here. Who are your big pickups of the week? Now the trade deadline, does that play a factor in any of your pickups this week? It 100% does, and you're going to hear it. First two names. If Taylor Hall is available, pick him the F up. Wow. He is now playing on a team that actually cares about winning. They're in the playoffs. It's going to motivate him. And the best part is his first game for Buffalo or for Boston is tomorrow against the Sabres. So how about that? He's going to play. I would actually bet he scores a goal tomorrow against his old team. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can put money on that, but he will score tomorrow against his old team. So if Taylor Hall is available, pick him up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Other player, because Taylor Hall is now not on the Sabres, look for a player named Casey Middlestat. Okay. He is going to benefit from the fact that Taylor Hall is not there anymore. But even before that, he had goals in four or five, seven points in the last seven games. So he is on a good roll right there. And then the last player I wanted to bring up is Connor Brown on Ottawa. He has set a record for goals in seven straight games for Ottawa. So just keep riding until he doesn't score. So those are my three. Josh, basketball, help out the people who are getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, for me, it's Corey Joseph. Last nine games, 12.4 points, 6.8 assists. He's on Detroit now, which some people don't realize. He's been really hot. I like him a lot the next this, this week in particular. Nerlens Noel, New York Knicks. Mitchell Robinson still out. Noel is putting up basically four blocks a game over the last several games. He's going to be inconsistent when it comes to some rebounds and points. You're not sure what you're going to get, but he'll put up some and get some rebounds. But blocks and steals, he will help. The third guy I have is Gary Trent Jr. from Toronto. 44 points two games ago, 23 points last night. He's out there in 50% of leagues, but he really shouldn't be. He should be way, way, way higher. He is putting up a ton of points. They're letting him get minutes. He shoots through the three, excuse me, the three ball really well. Go get Gary Trent. And this is just a call out. If Kyle Kuzma is out there, he's another guy that's a bit injury prone, but I like Kyle Kuzma. With all the Lakers injuries and everything that's going on, if he's out there and you can stash a guy on the bench when he's healthy, Kuzma's worth a start. So give me some Kyle Kuzma. All right. And as we are ending with hockey and basketball, we are shifting to baseball. Josh, you got any pickups in baseball? Yeah, so I'm going to try something each week where I'm going to go with a position player, a pitcher, and maybe a, a reliever to look out for. The first one going out was Travis Shaw. He's batting 308 with two home runs and 10 RBIs. He might be a little bit hurt, a little dinged up. I don't think it's anything serious, but I like those numbers. He's hitting well. They need third baseman there. Their whole infield's in flux, truthfully. they got guys playing all over the place. I like Travis Shaw and his big lefty at bat. From a starting pitcher standpoint, I'm going Carlos Rendon if he's out there for in your league. He only pitched five innings against Seattle, but he had nine Ks. So I'm liking his strikeouts, a couple of walks. 
but I like Carlos Rendon. And for the closer, Matt Barnes, who I actually have on my baseball roster, has yet to get a save, mainly because of how the games have worked out. But in his five innings, he has 11 Ks. He's looked extremely strong, good strikeout rate right now. So get me Matt Barnes for a closer. He will get saves. That will happen for Boston. So I like him as my third pickup. All right, not bad. Uh, I wanted to run through a couple other starters that you guys that you didn't say. Johnny Cueto yep. looks great so far to start the year. Luke Weaver, Luke Weaver could be a really good pickup, and then Mitch Keller. Those are three guys that you can definitely look out for. I'm not ready to pick up Cueto. He's got a tough matchup this week, I think, against the Reds, if I remember correctly. But yeah. after that, I think Cueto will be a really great, great pickup. Position I mean, the players, Giants are pretty good, by the way, overall. The Giants so. are uh, they're surprisingly pretty good. Yeah, okay. six and three in the season. They're definitely right there, and that's with uh, their one of their better players, Yastrzemski, not really hitting. So if he gets going, they can be really good. Speaking of another team that we didn't expect much, let's go to Pittsburgh. Philip Evans, their third baseman, has come out of this season hot. Now it's unsustainable. But he's got a 392 batting average and a 1.202 on base. Uh, uh, what's OPS? You know, that's great. If he can keep anything like that going, keep cap, catch the fire. He is hitting at top of the lineup. He's definitely a guy you want. And then the last one, Kyle Seeger, third baseman on Seattle, also off to a phenomenal start. Okay, shortstop or third baseman looking for someone like that. Eight RBIs, hitting 330 already. Definitely a guy you want to pick up. I like it. Max, how are you? Uh, how did you start fair your first week of fantasy baseball? I had a fantastic start. Okay. I am, I won all three of my matchups in all my leagues. And I'm nice. at the top of all of them, I think. Either one, two, three, or maybe four. So I had a phenomenal start. I loved it. It was great. The only thing I need to do is get a team name. I need to start making my team name. Maxi the Taxi just doesn't work. So no. I, I got to get some team names going. That'll be next on my list. I like it. I was too focused, I think, in the last couple of weeks on hockey, where I didn't put as much effort into baseball, but that will shift as the hockey playoffs will start. But, man, I had an epic showdown in that hockey matchup for myself where uh, the two top teams tied, which is devastating wow. for me. But How about that? I guess it's kind of losing. It must be nice to still have a hockey team that you, you know, enjoy watching. Yes. I'm sorry you didn't make the playoffs this year. That's Darn. devastating news. And it, it's weird that we're giving people, letting you give people hockey advice when you didn't make the playoffs. And all I league, really so. should shut my mouth and not do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just all right. Let's talk bets, Max. What hockey bets are out there? I know you posted out a, a tweet earlier. What are you thinking, though? All right. I like the Winnipeg Jets covering the minus 1.5 against Ottawa. The Jets are fighting for that top spot in their division. And they cannot afford to lose to a team like Ottawa, who's, you know, out. So give me the Jets, minus 1.5. We talked about it before. Toronto is hot as can be. New player coming in. Their lineup is stacked. Give me Toronto money line against Montreal. I'm happy with it. I think they're going to take it down. And then the next one, last one, is Colorado getting, or or, I'm sorry, minus 1.5 as well. They're playing Arizona. Colorado is great. They've won 8 of 10. They score three and a half goals a game, which is amazing. And they, the big thing is they have a plus 50 goal differential, which is tops in the league, and the next closest is 10 goals behind them. So give me Colorado minus 1.5, the Jets minus 1.5, and Toronto money line. 
Josh, getting back on the horse, basketball, where are you going to get that win? I'm starting with the Nuggets minus four against Golden State. Nuggets are eight and two in their last 10. They're coming off a loss. Nuggets are a far superior team. The Warriors are slowly slipping and could slip out of the playoffs if they're not careful. I like the Nuggets to cover the four. I'm taking the Wizards 12 and a half. So 12 and a half for the Wizards against the Jazz. The Jazz are the top team, but 12 and a half is a ton of points. And the Wizards, as bad as they are, they actually score a ton of points. So that kind of point differential, I'll take I'll take the chance there. Give me the 12 and a half. I think they're going to cover the spread. On the flip side, though, I have no faith against uh, the I have no faith in the Rockets. So I'm going to take the Suns minus 13. Suns second best team out there. I'll take them minus 13 against the Rockets, who are probably the worst team in basketball this season. So give me that as my three team parlay. All right. So just a quick, also a little teaser. I did give a baseball one as well. So San Diego minus 1.5 against. Uh, who are they playing? I think oh, who I, oh against uh, Pittsburgh. San Diego minus mm. 1.5 against Pittsburgh. That's a no-brainer. Tampa Bay, yep. Texas, the over is only seven. So give me that. And then Milwaukee Brewers to beat the Cubs. Cubs have come out really crappy. Milwaukee, money line to win. So yeah. just a little teaser for you. We'll get into that later in the season. But the Cubs are going to end up being sellers at the deadline. A lot of their players are on their last year, their contract. I think they're going to start rebuilding over there. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, they lost two or three to Pittsburgh. Like, brutal. I have to tell you, Pittsburgh hasn't looked – I mean, they don't look great, but they definitely haven't looked as bad as I thought. And I think we talked about this. That's going to be a really bad division, but because it's going to be so bad, every team is going to bunch together and it's going to come out okay. But the Reds look great, yeah. so it could be the Reds actually. It could be the Reds. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Milwaukee. They have too many players that do the same exact thing, so it's wild there. It's going to come down to the Reds and the Cardinals. I really think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, fair point. Court is in session. All right, folks, we're trying something a little bit different here for our discussion part of the segment. Max and I have wrote down three questions for each other that we will discuss and debate, but we don't know what those three questions are. So, Max, I'm going to kick us off and ask you a first question. Let me, get, let me get my thinking cap on, ready to go. Thinking cap on. I'm going to talk starting with baseball. So, for those that are familiar with the game, when you swing and a miss on the third strike and the catcher drops the ball, you have the option, not the option, you, have, you can run to first base to try to beat it out. Do you think this should be a rule? Why should you as a runner, after striking out, get an opportunity because the catcher dropped the ball to run the first base? Yeah. I, what are your thoughts? I, I think it's silly. I mean, you as a batter, you lost. Like, you struck out. You don't right. get the privilege of going to first base. But I think that, the reason it is a thing is because the catcher has to do his job as well. You know, usually on these pitches in the dirt, you know, the, the catcher is calling it. He knows a curveball, a slider, a changeup, something in the dirt is coming there. So his right. job should be to block that ball. And I feel like in the reverse point, if you swing and miss and the catcher doesn't do his job to catch it or block the ball, you have the right to go down to first. Yeah, and I, I guess that – I get that conceptually, but I think I have two issues. One, 
That means the player still swung at a terrible pitch True. in most of the cases. So it's even worse. Not just a strikeout, it's a bad strikeout. But two, there's a safety liability issue that you have to think about too, right? You have a player that's running to first base where the first baseman has to now figure out if you switch side of the back, he should be standing on to try to get the ball from the catcher. And the catcher is throwing behind the base runner and it could hit them. Like, And there has been a lot of collisions on plays like this because the throws are always erratic. It's just a recipe for disaster. And for me, it's a dumb rule. I think it should be cut. If you strike out swinging, see you later, you're out. Now, if you're on second and that happens, are you still able to advance even if we don't have that rule? That's a live ball. Okay. So the catcher drops the ball, it's a live ball. You just can't run the first. Yeah. I, I think the first baseman should be out. Live ball, because it's like anything else. If the ball's out there, it's live. So, right. yeah. That's fair. I like it. I'm okay with it. So, let me hit you with some uh, question now. Okay. I'm going to stick in the MLB uh, topic. Like should MLB push to get the robot umpires going as soon as next year? So I think I have a question off of that, right? I have to really see the – I haven't really seen the results of how the robot umpire has worked. Like in have, the you sense ever, of have you ever seen the Jetsons? You know, yes. You're going to get a robot that looks just like that, and he's going to be calling <laughs> He's going to be calling balls and strikes. I don't understand. Right. I'm going to be honest. This is a question I asked, but I just want to hit you with my thought real quick. I don't get yeah. it. You're taking – I don't know what – the ideas behind it and how it's going to work. I think it's crazy. So for me, yeah, I struggle with balls and strikes. I think the umpires do enough, do okay enough there for me. If I want replay, I'd rather have like, or that kind of thing. Like for example, last night, the Atlanta Philly game, Alex Bohm or whatever, bomb, whatever his last name is, did not touch home plate. Yeah. It's a controversial play, but the, the Phillies won the game. On him hit, not hitting home plate because of that umpire call. That, to me, should be like a quick review. Oh, no, he didn't hit the plate. He's out in that scenario. He's had to be out because he you know, left and that's, he missed the plate. And the game's not over. Like, that should be a quick review. I don't understand why they can't do that or have, like, earpieces in the umpire's, you know, on the field to call if the guy's actually out at first base. Like, why is there that delay? There should be a better way to handle that. Balls and strikes, I guess I'd have to see it in better action. I think it's easier to call outs. Yeah, okay. Than balls and strikes. Like, you know? That would be a review, basically. And, you know, like my boy Michael Conforto, who deliberately stuck his elbow out there with the umpire about to call strike three, pulled it back because he was hit. And the reason they said it counts is because they cannot review that kind of play. I don't know why you have review then if you can't review everything. Or most things. And that's fair. I think yeah, I think there has to be a good balance in the end. In his case, yes, that was so blatantly sure. obvious. I, I felt bad to take that win as a Mets fan. Yeah, that was brutal. Like uh he should be feel horrible as a player to well, do something. He's doing horrible, so maybe it's karma right there. I mean maybe it is. But yeah, it's tough. The, the review thing, you don't want the game to take more time, but there's been a lot of bad calls already and we're like a week into the season. Very true. Sorry. Very tough. All right. We're going to play a little game here, Max, with the second topic for you. Quarterbacks have been the big discussion in the NFL draft. We know number one and number two. I think that's obvious, right? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, but the other three guys. So I'm talking Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. 
Those are the other top three quarterbacks. Max, I want you to put your GM hat on and let's talk about where you think they should go. Not where they will go, but which teams should come up and draft each of these guys. All right. So like you said, one and two are going quarterbacks. That's the Jaguars and the Jets. I think one of them should definitely go to Atlanta. I think Matt Ryan is definitely towards the end of his career, but I think he'd be a great person to what's to kind of, you know, help a guy. Yeah. Kind of work with him. So I definitely think somebody should go to Atlanta. Uh, Let's see. Where else do I think a team should go? Pittsburgh definitely needs a quarterback. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger questionable. Maybe he comes back tonight, you know, the following year, he wound up, you know, restructuring. So he is coming back. But I think Pittsburgh could definitely use a quarterback as well. And then let's see who else could use a good quarterback. Hmm. Houston. Okay. I think Houston could use one as well. Uh, I think Houston would be a good team because I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson anymore. But it just does not look great there. Why don't you just cover yourself, try to get one of these quarterbacks in there? Now I don't know how many picks Houston has, so None. it may yeah, so it may be tough there. But I think Houston should definitely look for a spot for QB. Yeah, so I would tend to agree. I'd say I like Atlanta a lot. Justin Fields makes a lot of sense. Georgia boy, I think he could go there. That could be a good pick. The Bears are another team I think about. Andy Dalton's a stopgap option. Could they trade up and go grab someone like a Mac Jones or trade uh, um, Trevor Trey Lance? Sorry, uh, Trey Lance. We know the Niners are going to end up probably taking somebody anyway, so that's going to take someone off the board. We wouldn't have necessarily picked them. I do like the Steelers pick. I know they had they signed Dwayne Haskins. I'm not sure. Yeah. I you need to see that play out. Um, yeah, the Texans. That's a wild card, but I think the Bears, the other team, I'd look at to see if they would do something. We are going to, again, do some type of draft preview. But, you know, I, I'm curious to see where these three guys go. But it's it's going to be interesting because I think there's going to be a lot of trades. Atlanta has come out and said they are willing to trade out of the spot. So yeah. who trades? And I was a little nervous because I was reading a report that my Dallas Cowboys really want Kyle Pitts, who I love. Our offense would be even better, though we'd have no defense. But if we have to trade up to the four, what am I giving up for that? And it makes me a little nervous. If, the, if Jerry Jones is going to get that kind of aggressive. Because Kyle Pitts, I think, will be the first non-QB off the board. That's my guess. Wow. That's interesting. But what about – I know he had surgery, but Blake Jarwin looked like a great breakout option. Um, I like Blake Jarwin. And I, like, I like Dalton Schultz. If I'm a Cowboy – if I'm the GM, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not trading up. I would sit there and see which defensive person falls to me, whether it's Michael Parsons from Penn State – Patrick Sertain from Alabama. Give me one of these linebackers or cornerbacks to make my defense better. I would wait. There's enough options there. Caleb Farley, Farley, I think out of B-Tech. Any of those kind of corners I would also take. So, All right. So let's stick in the NFL. Josh, we've seen it over the years with all these other football leagues. Can another football league survive with the NFL? No. Okay. Not at the same level of the NFL. Right. If it was made to be what I think the XFL or these other leagues should be is almost like a triple A in baseball, right? It should be like a farm system mm, type of That would be cool. And I think you would have some type of games televised. It could be, you know, in a different time of the year or whatever, but 
give like players the opportunity that are on the cusp or like trying to get a new NFL contract. Yeah, that's why you can do it off season, but like build it out to be more of a developmental type league. And I think that could be somewhat sustainable if it's done right. I think people always want to go to football games. Television rights would be a little bit tough, but like there's a reason that the Canadian football league and the XFL, these things like are okay. They last a little bit. I know the Canadian football league, it's done better, but now it's merging with the XFL. So it's like, I just don't see it. There's not enough proof out there that another league on the caliber of the NFL could last. And so I would say, I really like the minor league idea. I think that would be awesome. I think it's, it's definitely, you know, I know NBA has got the D league, but really the NFL doesn't have that minor league option. Guys are on like taxi squad. Guys are on uh, practice squads. Guys, you know, don't play. So if, if the teams had it, you know, it's definitely a you know, it's a pretty interesting idea to do like a minor league football team. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see something like that. I I don't know how it would operate, but yeah, I, I can't see. I mean, what are we going to look at the XFL? Supposed to now be twenty twenty two. Yeah, they keep pushing it back. But if the Rock can do anything, so with the Rock, you know, there people have like the president at this point. So it's like. Yeah, The Rock's going to do everything in his life. I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm for it if The Rock can pull it off. It's going to be entertaining. Yeah, we'll see. All right, my last question for you. Right. It's more general sports question. But what is your take on All-Star Games? So we're coming up to the, you know, the next one would be the MLB one, which is a little bit further away, obviously. I like the home run derby from the aspect of just watching home runs be hit. But for the most part, these all-star games are jokes. I know baseball for, and I don't know if it still does a baseball, made it so that the team, the conference that won, got home field advantage to the World Series, which I also think is BS because it's right. like, you're the best team in the league all season. It comes down to your conference winning an, an all-star game. Like, why are we adding – more to this the players would love a weekend off or a few days off i get there's money to be had but like that's it to me right so what is your take on all-star games in general i will be honest the only all-star games i watch are the nhl and the mlb and i usually mainly watch the skills competition and the home yes which are the night before whatever it is i really i don't know if there's a way to fix it i think it's a good honor but a lot of these players don't go. Some of them rest their minor injuries. Alex Ovechkin, one of the big greatest hockey players, I think two years ago he said he's not going because he wanted to rest. You know, he getting ready right. for the playoffs. Like, so you know, you do that thing, maybe do it after the season. But that's what the NFL does, and that one I never watch ever. What about this? So, the NBA does like a rising stars game. It's like. Um, Rookies and sophomores. Right. And baseball does a similar thing with either the world versus the U.S. or East-West. Like, they do something like that also. That, like, I don't mind as much. It lets, like, some of these younger younger players showcase some skills and that other teams might not see. So I don't mind that concept because I don't think it's as serious. But, like, these all-star games, to your point, most of the players don't play. Right. Especially MLB, if you're a pitcher. Like, a lot of them, like, if they're just pitched or something like that and they make the All-Star game, they're not playing. Yeah, it's just – it's, like, disappointing. And with 
all the talk about the All Star Game moving and things like that. It's like, why are you? I think it should. If they're gonna do it, have some. Like I was thinking about this as you were talking. Like have like a fun game. Like what if the MLB All Stars did like a wiffle ball game? Yes. What if they literally just did a wiffle ball? You can't really get hurt doing that, but. You know, these guys are getting pumped up. All these pitchers, like you said, are still going to throw 95, 100, you know, miles per hour, still throw right. those curveballs, still put pressure on their arms and all that stuff. And, you know, you never know what could happen. One pitch and that guy's done for the year, you know. I know. So, yeah, I just thought about it. I would like MLB to do a wiffle ball game or like a four-on-four wiffle ball tournament or something. I like Wouldn't it. That be I like sweet? it. How cool would that be? I'm going to write a letter. Dear MLB. Yeah, you know this is the this is the hawk and the turkey podcast. We would like for it to do something, okay. We also <laughs> like to be there to meet the fan, the players as well. So, we'll win the event. We'll be sponsored by Hanging in the Nest podcast. It. I'd be I'd be down. That'd be cool. But yeah, that was my thought as you were talking. I think it'd be great. I don't really like all star games. I think they're pointless. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. Another sports question. This one's a little tougher. I'll give you time to think about it. What is the most unbreakable record in sports? There's so many out there. I like my initial feeling about this, and I don't remember exact records, but I doesn't Cal Ripken have most consecutive games played? It's like what's the number? It's, I think it's like 2,300. It's it's a ton. I don't think that's ever going to be broken with how players are managed today. I think it's not possible because people get rest. They get days off with all the mixing and matching of lineups. Now, I just don't see anyone breaking a record like that. I just don't think it's going to be possible, but there are other ones. I think it's going to be hard for a running back to break Emmett Smith's rushing record because Running backs' life expectancy in the NFL is low. It's not and a they hop, usually so. a lot of teams are doing two running backs now that get you know most of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tough. There's a bunch out there, but yeah, my initial thought would be Cal Ripken's game streak. I think it's going to be an unbreakable. What about Wilt Chamberlain's hundred points in the NBA? You know, it's like interesting because you want to say not possible. And because people usually don't get past 50 or 60, and I don't think it's going to happen. Right. But, like, the way teams score nowadays and the, the three-point shot being such a key aspect of the game, like, if I'm comparing it to the rushing record and the game streak, I think that has the better chance of those three. Not that it has a high chance, but it has a better chance, I okay. guess. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting out there. You know, a lot of these Ironmans in all the sports are so hard to, you know, keep going right now so but just it's not a record but i don't think we'll ever see a 300 game winner in mlb anymore yeah i don't think so either they just don't pitch the way they you know used to back in the day you know you're gonna have to change the way that you acknowledge someone in the hall of fame you know jacob de for example ain't no way he's getting to 200 wins i don't think well i mean but when he starts, like what other metric can you use to kind of like validate? Well, it? I think he, I don't know how if MLB really talks about it, but quality starts. You know, if a pitcher goes six innings, gives up three runs or less, you know, that's a, uh, considered a, a quality start. You know, you could do ERA, they have all these other, you know, analytical numbers that you can do, but I don't think wins should be looked at anymore. I, would agree. I think you want to talk about strikeouts. I think that's a solid number. 
you can talk about longevity, you know, and things like that. Like, I, I think the way we can get into this discussion a lot, but the way you look at a Hall of Famer should be changed, especially in MLB. Yeah, I would agree completely. I think it's a fair point. And looking at different stats and, you know, like K to walk ratio, I think it's important. You want to like walk a lot of guys and looking at your whip and, so, yeah, there's definitely ways, different ways to I look mean, at it. I'm with there's you. a lot of MLB records that I don't think will be touched. The one you said, that consecutive game streak, won't even come – I don't think anybody's even come close. It's just – if it's yeah. a different game. You know, I'm not even sure, you know, home run records are even touched. You know? Yeah, it's – I thought a few years back I would have felt differently. But with the steroids slowly coming out of the game – well, supposedly coming out of the game – I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Pujols right now, I think he's over 600. I, you know, unless someone starts, you know, starts young and starts hitting a bunch of home runs, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't see things like that happening. 56 games hitting in a row, I don't know if that's going to happen either. Oh, yeah. We Here's one. I didn't even think about it. I'm I, trying to remember who it was. I think it was Oral Hershiser. Did he throw two consecutive no-hitters? We're going to have to – there's definitely a record where a pitcher threw, like, two consecutive no-hitters or, like, shutout streak or something like that. We're, we're, I'm going to have to look that up. But, yeah, that's a record. I think baseball's got a ton of unbreakable records. Good discussion this week. We'll keep that coming as the weeks go on. The Top Ten. All right, folks, we're doing our top 10 this week. We're switching it up. We're not going to talk about jerseys this week. We'll get back to that next week in honor of WrestleMania. The show of shows. We're gonna, the show of shows. It was just an okay show. Okay. But the show of shows, there were some good matches. But we are going to honor the best WWE tag teams. It's a tough list to make. There's a ton of tag teams out there. This is not what the history books say. It's the Turkey and the Hawks, what our top 10 favorite tag teams are. I did give respect to certain teams that might have not been my favorite, but there are certain tag teams out there that deserve to be on this list in my mind, so I added them. So, Max, why don't you give us 10 through 6 to start us off? All right. This is it. tough. This was a really tough list. I definitely put people on this list that I probably shouldn't, but looking through the history, these teams really jumped out to me. So, And also, it's interesting. I don't know about your list. We'll get into it. But I have a few repeaters on my list. Maybe they went to a different tag team. Maybe they didn't. But that's kind of what, you know, a little uh, preview for you. So let me get it started. Number 10. This is actually currently my favorite tag team. But number 10, I'm going with the Usos. Okay, I love the Usos. They may not be the great, you know, top 10, but I absolutely love them. They got a great theme song. They are awesome together. They're super clicks. They're super fly moves. It's, it's just, they're great. Number nine, give me the rated RKO. First of all, Ooh, phenomenal one. tag name. Okay, you're combining two of probably two of the best wrestlers out there right now. Um, yeah, so give me rated RKO, just you know, solid tag uh, tag team. Number eight, team hell no. Okay, if you can get two people that you could never imagine seeing as a tag team, Daniel Bryan and Kane, 
What a weird, strangely worked out tag team. Okay, they were funny together. They definitely, you saw a side of Kane that you didn't really see, and I thought that was great. Number seven and number six are throwbacks. Give me the Heart Foundation at number seven, and give me the Legion of Doom at number six. Okay, they were both great. Okay, the Heart Foundation just lives on, and the Legion of Doom, you know, they're great. Those are two legend tag teams. So that's my 10 through 6. Wow, I like it. I like it a lot. So for me, we have similar, some older ones. So I started with number 10, Legion of Doom and the or World Warriors, depending on how you looked at the team. Extremely successful career. I feel like there's a huge cult following for these guys. When you go to WWE events, oh, yeah. people are still dressed up. If you go see a Raider game, you can see their, their outfits. Right. So Legion of Doom definitely on this list. Number nine, I'm going with the Los Guerreros. Mm-hmm. I loved Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. They were the dirtiest players in the game. They would lie, cheat, and steal their ways to the wins. But I think that's why I liked watching them as a tag team. They were super technical wrestlers, high flyers. They were just entertaining at a time where there wasn't, like, great tag teams that, like, really could carry the show. And watching them was entertaining. So I put them at number nine. I have the Hart Foundation at number eight. You mentioned it before, but legendary tag team that, you know, and they were some really good teams that if you were looking at, like, people's real top list, I guess, per se, like the British Bulldog uh, demolition and the Rockers, they had big wins over teams like that. So good for them all around. Uh, Number seven. No, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Seven. I'm going with the brothers of destruction. I'm going Kane and undertaker. They were three time champions, but there isn't really much needs to be said. You put Kane and undertaker on the team. They're just dominant. They were super entertaining to watch. They clearly had their own feuds forever. So it just it made for some good TV watching those guys. Number six, this was tough. I kind of had two teams in the mix, but I put the New Age Outlaws at number six. Give me some Road Dog and some Billy Gunn. They had four reigns that lasted over 100 days. Of course, they were amazing on the mic. Mm-hmm. Burst some interesting tag teams throughout the Attitude Era, but that's my top six. Wow. Yeah, I tried my hardest to get the Brothers of Destruction on there, but I could not do it. But they were on my... We can talk about some honorable mentions, but they were on that list for me. All right, let me get into my five through one. Number five, Edge and Christian. Okay, you talk about these two and some other groups that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Made tag team wrestling. Tables, ladders, and chairs match. Edge and Christian, they just did amazing things. Good for Edge to be back. I will say Edge did get that ovation and that, you know, moment that he wanted coming back. So I thought that was great. He got that WrestleMania moment. Number four, you just talked about it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, give me the New Age Outlaw. I absolutely love them. Okay, and if you're not down with that, you know, we got two words for you. Okay. <laughs> they were they were awesome. I mean, and like you said, not many people can talk that well on the mic, and they were phenomenal. Okay, so yeah, New Age Outlaws number four, number three, the Dudley Boys. Okay, there is a moment that for some reason I don't know why it shows up in my head every time I think of the Dudleys. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to think who it was, but when they 3D'd 
that woman, I think it was the fabulous Mula, maybe through a table. I don't remember who it was, but I, it's the only moment I remember. I can't think of who it was, but they literally 3D'd an old lady through a table, and it was it's crazy. But the Dudleys were great. You know, that's a team that come back, you hear that like atomic bomb theme song, and you get pumped up. Number two, this could potentially be the greatest tag team of all time, the New Day. Okay, this is a phenomenal group. Okay, I don't have too many current ones, but the New Day are tag team wrestling. Okay, they are great. They came together. There's always fear of them breaking up, but they are together, and they just – they're great. I think they're 11-time champions or something like that. I mean – absolutely amazing and number one the hardy boys okay i loved i love team extreme a few years ago they came back at wrestlemania and that right now is one of my favorite wrestlemania moments okay there were some rumblings going on but nobody was sure when that music hit i lost it i mean what what a moment the hardy boys like i said with the dudleys and edge and christian made tag team wrestling that late tables ladder and chair match when Edge speared, uh, I think it was Jeff Hardy, in the air. Oh, my goodness. What a moment. So that's my list, rounding out the Hardy Boys as my best favorite top 10 tag team. I like it. So number five, and the reason I said six and five are tough, because they sometimes get merged together. I went with D-Generation X. I'm surprised that uh, you didn't put them on your list. Um, but I would say this. When I talk about D-Generation X, I'm talking about the original D-Generation X. It's Shawn Michaels. It's Triple H. I'm not talking about when Triple H took over and expanded. They didn't win a lot of gold together, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, as a tag team. But collectively as a unit, I think they represent what like tag team should be. It was like a true partnership, two different styles, great on the mic. They owned the show. They still owned the show for years after their primes were long gone. Maybe not so, so much recently, but give me Deep Generation X. Number four, I went with the New Day as well. Um, I could put them a little higher, but I'll talk about why they, they fell just a little bit short. Right For me, 11-time champions, but they also have the double dipping of the titles because there's Raw and SmackDown, which I think mm-hmm. elevates their title down a little bit higher than I think some others. But the other thing is level of competition. So I think they have... The Usos have been good ones. There's teams like The Bar, and there's, it's been good, but I think they've elevated their division versus that the talent level being That's so fair. even, other than the Usos. That's fair. Um, so I have them at number four. The number three, you mentioned all three teams. <laughs> so I'm, before I give you the order, I have the Dudley Boys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian, right? These three teams for me growing up, I think, were what tag team wrestling should always be. It was these fuse and intense battles each and every time that these guys went head to head with each other and you couldn't ask for more. I think they put their careers on the line more times than I can count. And so when I picked this list, I like, it was a little bit tough for me, but so number three, I put the Dudley boys at three. I think as good as they were, I liked the other two teams a little bit better. Dudley boys. I felt like didn't win. They got titles, but they didn't win a lot of the matches against these teams, the other two teams. And so when I'm stacking out and looking at these, who won the big matches, that's how I end up determining my order. It's like, who really got the big wins? And so number two, I actually put the Hardy Boys. Even though I like them better than Edge and Christian as like a team I like, 
Edge and Christian at one because they won all of those big TLC matches. They pull out the big wins, whether it was because they were the, you know, the heel team and cheating to do it, but they pulled out the big wins. But going back to the Hardys real quick, I mean, they're team extreme. They're six-time champions on top of they were on a Raw and a SmackDown. So it gives them, I think, eight total title runs. Um, Jeff Hardy is a legendary with his high-flying moves and his yep. ability just to jump off things without even thinking about it. And I would take Matt Hardy, maybe not even necessarily just as a, uh, a tag team, but his character developments over the years to partner with Jeff, whatever capacity they were called, whether it was in WWE or not, elevated him as a person to make him a main event type star and propelled them as well. Jeff and Matt both went on to big single right. careers where like some team like the Dudley boys didn't. And I think that's the other thing with Edge and Christian that I think I put them above too. If you look at Edge and Christian's career in singles versus Matt and Jeff's in singles, Edge and Chris Christian far exceeded them, especially from Edge's standpoint really was just, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame wrestler. I mean, Edge is just up there. But Edge and Christian are seven-time champions. They won all those big TLC matches in some epic moments for them. And if you look where they started with the, the Brood and Gangrel and how they branched off to their own to become their own things and what the careers they made for themselves, I just give a lot of props to Edge and Christian. I think they do some awesome things. The chair uh, the the, or whatever what's it called? It is. The, the chair thing they do. The... Um, yeah like you know they were just great i think you know to your point about you know a few people being on the list twice you know the rated rko was high on my list too i mean edge was great there as well so edge and christian number one but i really think it's splitting hairs at the top they're just so talented um but i love me some tag team wrestling i think wwe doesn't do well enough anymore could not put on you that you tried you know i talked about it before i couldn't find a spot for the brothers of destruction um, is there anybody you wanted to put on? You couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, so I think the Usos are there for me. I really do like them. They're super entertaining. I have it on my list as well. But give know? me some rock and sock connection. That was like a, you know, it was an interesting time period where the tag team wrestlers weren't as big and they kind of met, molded some teams together. The Outlaws were like the big normal team. But with it was Big Show yeah. and Undertaker, Kane and X-Pac, and the Rock and Sock Connection. So they took all these heavyweight championship-type wrestlers, put them in tag teams, and basically had them go at it for like three or four months. And it was awesome the TV. Was so like any of those teams, I was awesome for. Combination Give me any of them. You could ever think. The Rock with like that, the weirdest person in the world with a sock he pulls out of his pants. Like, what, literally, what a great connection right there another one that i wanted to put on that i tried you know that i wrote on my little uh, first list john morrison and the miz are so good at what they do okay and they are yeah. like you said you talked about it before yeah they guys are. that can easily break off and have a great singles career but they are just so good as being the bad heel yep. tag team you know that there is That's not a bad What one. about Jericho? Give me some Chris Jericho and Bruce They were really good. But, there, yeah, there's a lot of cool tag teams. But I think what's interesting about tag teams are some of the teams that are out there that I really like oh, yeah, were course. not meant to be tag teams. They got kind of mushed together, you know, and they became a good tag team. Now, 
I have so others, yeah, those are a couple ones that I had on my list. DIY at the prime of their run. Okay, did you did you think one of the best teams in NXT? Maybe not in WWE, but at the time NXT. Do you think they had a long enough run? I think so. You know, I, I look at the same thing with like even the undisputed era mm-hmm. when you look at just Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby uh, Fish, like those guys. You know, like so. Yeah, the NXT thing's weird though because I like agree. they break them off too quickly. Not too quickly, but they can break them off a little quicker than I'd like. So yeah, it's hard to judge, and that's why I didn't put any of those teams there. But there are some good ones. I love yeah. watching didn't they they win? Finn Balor didn't and they Samoa Joe Dusty back Fast? in the day yeah. as the tag team. They, they do won. those kinds of weird things. Yeah, and they were awesome. But were, we cannot, we can't do tag yeah, team. So we can't do a tag NXT team whole different without talking about the how you doing, guys. Kaz and Enzo, man. I mean, I wish they were still a thing. They were great. They couldn't, Enzo couldn't wrestle to save his life. And Big Kaz was really tall. But the way they could talk was amazing. <laughs> they still have one of my favorite opening segments yep. of all mm-hmm. time because they actually go up against the Dudley boys and they just tear them apart and what was interesting about that is when I look back talking about the Rock and Sock Connection one of my favorite segments is the Dudley boys get in the face of the Rock and Sock Connection kind of at their peak and basically there's a, a clip where like Bubba Ray Dudley is going like you should have known by now that we're the duh, 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 and he like does this like little stutter thing and the rock says it duh, duh, doesn't matter you know and just destroys him and it kind of reminded me of that kind of segment i think enzo and kaz could have been like an odd team because like to your point enzo wasn't a great wrestler but their talking made them so entertaining and kaz was massive that it could have worked and yeah. just, i mean my whole favorite host one of, of their issues promos that is, it for them his sadly. mic wasn't working so he just has the crowd do it as he does it as well I mean, if, if you can get an, a crowd to do your intro, <laughs> kind of like we talked about the New Age Outlaws, that's where they could have been. And, like, just a shame. Yeah. Just a shame. They were phenomenal. Yeah. All day. I, I all still day. call people slop jalops because that, of him. So, it's, you know, <laughs> you can't teach that. Well, that's our top 10 this week. But before we go, Max, last week you gave everybody a so trivia question. A reminder, it was what is the answer USC to that question? One went on to be a Super Bowl MVP. The other one went on to win AL MVP. The first name of one is the last name of the other. So I am talking about Lynn Swan, the NFL player, and Fred Lynn, the AL, AL MVP player. Okay, both went to USC, both roommates. Hardest question I think I've ever seen. Uh, Good luck if you came up with it. You're better than I am because I had to look it up. So there's a question. There's the answer for you. Me too. Well, we're going to come back with you. Another hard question next week, not this week. We'll have another tough trivia question, and we'll see if people can get it. Thank you, as always, for hanging in the nest. Later, everybody. Turkey, we'll see you next time.